the walk of gentleness or how to function in the church parking lot on Sunday morning. <laughs> I was watching out my office window after church this morning for just a bit. It was incredible. It so disrupted one couple in the church trying to get out. They always sit over here, and they're over here tonight. I just can't believe it. The Kirches never sit over there. And they are there tonight, and they were one of the couples I saw trying to get out, and just there was no way until several other things happened. So this is a good message for you, Larry. And I could only see a very narrow part of the parking lot, and I'm glad. <laughs> I preached on fear, and I would really have had to apply my message strongly if I'd probably seen everything that was going on. But fortunately, no bad reports have come to me of people being run down or dented fenders or people helping to direct traffic being um, named in any way. So praise God for victory today. Now, gentleness is translated very simply K-I-N-D-N-E-S-S. -S. Kindness. Is that easier to comprehend, take hold of, than gentleness? Because some people, when they hear the word gentleness, are apt to say, I'm just not a gentle person. That's not my personality. That's not my makeup. I'm not composed that way. Well, if that be the case, then you have to deal with this word kindness. Because I don't care what our personality, what our makeup, all of us should have this characteristic of kindness. There is much room for it in the world. Just as in our study of long-suffering, the life of the Spirit is one which leads us beyond ourselves to influence others. And that's what gentleness does, or kindness. It takes us out beyond ourselves to influence other people. Apply it day by day where you go to see if it does not work. Where someone is having a difficult time, maybe it's an airport uh, sky cap, or maybe it's someone behind a counter at a bank and the person before you just read them the riot act because they couldn't find the information right or didn't have the right set of bills that they wanted, step up and say, isn't this a wonderful day and you are one of the most lovely people I've ever seen and I certainly think you have a beautiful dress on. After a period of silence, this individual will begin your transaction and it will be with a great sense of appreciation. I walked into Security Pacific not too long ago, and 
I don't get in there very often. I just don't like to take the time to go into banks. I usually send my wife for that particular purpose. But this day I had to go myself and there was a line and this girl was obviously a little unhappy with the way the day was going and I'm sure she was pressed having to deal with all of these people and I just stepped up to the counter and smiled at her and I said, hi, that has to be a new dress you have on. I was admiring it standing in the line. She liked to pass away right on the spot. <laughs> I got everything I wanted in a hurry. And with a beautiful smile and a warmth on leaving the counter, it works. The fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. You have the passage. We've been reading it Sunday night by Sunday night. Galatians 5, 22, 23, and 25. We are going to read it again, and then Mrs. Cole is going to read for us several other passages that will speak to this theme, and we want to get them all in before we give you our outline. Galatians 5, 22, 23, and then 25. I will allow you to remain seated. You have been so good today, standing a great deal. So I will let you be seated, but please read aloud with me. And let the microphones record your voices for television and for radio and for tapes that go around the world. By your reading, you are saying hello to all of our missionaries and all of God's people who listen to these tapes. So many places you are saying by your reading, and the loudness of your voice, the fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. Let's all practice it. Okay, you ready? Aloud with me. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Number five in the list, gentleness. I want to add to the statement I made a few moments ago that the life of the Spirit is one which leads us beyond ourselves to influence others. This statement, we do not live only for our enjoyment of God. We have enjoyed God in this place today. I truly believe that. We have enjoyed God in this place today. There was a reporter here this morning to visit our church who had sat with Pastor Messner getting some information for an article he wants to write because of our coming move to the Rancho Cordova area, and the building of our new building. And then he talked to me further on the telephone, asking me some very pointed questions, and then told me that he would be in service today. I said, if you have an opportunity, please introduce yourself to me. And at the end of the early service, right down here at the front, this gentleman introduced himself as the person 
that had talked to me on the telephone and was writing the article for this supplement to the Sacramento Bee, which goes to these various communities around Sacramento. As he stood here at the altar, obviously under the influence of the morning service, he said, I will be back. He said, this has been an experience, and I want to know if I can use the little story you told about the little church you had in Maple Valley with the outhouses in the article. I said, feel free if that's something that you related to, or... Something that readers could relate to, that's fine. He thought it was an excellent way to show how we build bridges and move along in our lives to accomplish things for God. But the thing that impressed me the most as I turned and went back to prepare for the second service was the obvious impact of God upon him from that service this morning. I think he enjoyed God and he was surprised because not too many churches enjoy God. It's a routine. It's a, a motion they go through and it's, it's sad to a lot of them. It's obvious when you see them walk out. It's sad. It's been a bad experience. It was a funeral on Sunday when it should have been a coronation and a resurrection. The Lord lives. It's Sunday. We have enjoyed God today, but we do not live only to enjoy God. We live so that others might enjoy Him, and there are certain ingredients that will bring that about, and here is one of them. The walk of the Spirit is gentleness, kindness. It impresses the world in a time of hate and quickness and brusqueness when this fruit is hanging from the limbs of our lives. Dear, if you will take the microphone, please, and as I mention the scriptures, please read them for us. And for those who will listen by tape in the far reaches of this world, and if you are a note taker, be sure to mark them down because they're important to the entire subject. We all want to be kind, and we all want to have this fruit in our lives. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, said something significant, 7th chapter of Matthew, verse 17. Let us hear what he had to say. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. What are you, a good tree or a corrupt tree? If you are a good tree, it will bring forth what kind of fruit? Good fruit. If you want to know what is evil fruit, then you read the verses beginning at number 20, or 19 actually, in Galatians 5. The works of the flesh are, that's evil fruit. That comes of an evil or a corrupt tree. But a good tree brings forth good fruit, and part of it is kindness or gentleness. Are you good or corrupt? All right, Paul speaks in 1 Thessalonians 2.7 about the fruit of his life, and here is what he said. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. Look at the comparison. As a nurse cherisheth or taketh care 
of her children. And if you've ever observed that, it is a beautiful picture. He said, just like that, I was gentle among you. Now, when you think of the Apostle Paul, you think of a a stomper once in a while. When he wanted to get his point across, he could do it. He was firm. He was a man of great conviction, but he was also able to say, we were gentle among you because the Spirit filled his life. And though he had convictions and he spoke those convictions, he was also able to say, I was gentle in your midst because he was coming from a good tree. That's the way it should be. He wrote to Timothy, second letter, chapter 2, verse 24. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. Now, when we see the term the servant of the Lord, it's not just referring to the one standing on the platform behind the podium. All Christians should be servants of the Lord, and they are not to strive, but be gentle unto, notice now, all men. It does not just say unto the family of God. It says unto all men. Inside and outside the family of God, the servants of God are gentle or they are kind. They treat people kindly. Titus chapter 3, verse 2. Again, Paul is speaking. To speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. You see, he contrasts the gentle person to the worldly person who is a brawler. He fights for his rights. He has to use his fists to get what he wants. But that is not the way with the child of God who is bearing fruit. That person, he says, is gentle. He is kind. It is the work of the Holy Spirit in his life. Now, one final passage before the outline, James 3, 16 through 18. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Isn't that a fantastic passage? And thank you, dear, for sharing those verses with us. Where envying and strife is, there is what? Confusion. The United Nations and other places where there is envy and strife. The fruit is every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is pure, peaceable, and right in the middle is the word gentle, kind, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits. First off tonight, I want to talk about the Spirit in operation. We talk about living in the Spirit. Paul talks about living in the Spirit, which implies living under the influences of the Spirit. 
The Christian does not just have the powers and faculties which came to him when he was born. He does not just have the ability to smell, to touch, to taste, and all of the other things that came to him. He has received the Spirit of God, so he has a greater capacity than the children of the world. We don't think about that as often as we should. Now, it would be very right for someone who is not a believer and who does not claim to have the Spirit living in him to come to me and say, that is just not me. I cannot be kind. I cannot be gentle. My mother wasn't, my dad wasn't, and their parents weren't, and it's not the way I intend to be. I could accept that from the world because that is what is inherited so often when we come into life. But the child of God has received new life, new birth. This reporter I mentioned asked me on the telephone, just what do you mean when you talk about being born again? Would that be the same things that the Lutherans talk of and the Methodists and the Presbyterians? And he listed a whole bunch of denominations. And I said to him, in those groups, there would be born-again people. Yes. But not necessarily do all of these groups teach this relationship or this spiritual birth. I said, it's simple. Just look in John 3, the story of Nicodemus. Jesus was teaching him about physical birth. You're born of water and you are born of the Spirit. That is the new birth that is being born again. And he said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Now, when that happens, you move beyond the powers and faculties which you possessed when you were brought into the world. You move into a different sphere. When all else are brawlers and unmerciful and unkind, you are gentle, you are kind, you are peaceable, you are in control because of the Spirit in operation in your life through the second birth that Jesus talked about in John chapter 3. The Spirit made man a living soul. The Spirit prepared the way for the coming of Jesus Christ. The Spirit planted the seed of God in the womb of the virgin. The Spirit led Jesus in his incarnate ministry. All that he did in the flesh, he did in cooperation with the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit enabled him. The Holy Spirit empowered him. The Holy Spirit sustained him. The Holy Spirit raised him from the dead. And it is the same Spirit that dwells in you. Let this same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now dwell in you. That is the Spirit's operation. So every one of us in this building tonight and everyone who watches me by television and listens to this message in any way cannot say that is not my capability because it is through the Holy Spirit abiding in the life, through the second birth. Glory to God. Jesus gathered his disciples around him before he went away. And he said to those fellows, I'm leaving, but I am sending another comforter to take my place. 
A real person would fill their lives. A real person would be with them even though the physical presence of Jesus was not going to be there as it had been for over three years. Now, friends, this is the way to gentleness. This is the way to this fifth fruit of the Spirit, to have this person living within. You dare not go out of your house in the morning without that consciousness. You dare not get on the bus or drive to work without that conscious presence of the Spirit operating within, because if you don't have that, you will not emanate His qualities. And that's why the church isn't the dynamic force it ought to be in the world, because we don't emanate the qualities of He who is to be within us as we should. They are our qualities manifesting themselves. Often hatred, often bitterness, often prejudice, often too quick to speak and too slow to think. But when he is operating, when he is there, he manifests his fruit. Hallelujah. And it's gentleness. It's kindness. In the book of Isaiah, prophetically looking down the trail, Isaiah said in chapter 40, verse 11, He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Now that is a real spiritual picture of what happens when this person dwells within us. Hear it again. He feeds his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs with his arm. He carries them in his bosom. He gently leads those that are with young. What picture do you get? It's beautiful, isn't it? It's like the 23rd Psalm. It's the setting of the river and the tree and everything flowing beautifully together because that's the way our Lord is. And when he is in proper possession of us, that's the way we should appear to the world. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10, 1, Now I, Paul, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of whom? Christ. I beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Follow his example. Be filled with his spirit. The spirit in operation makes us increasingly like Christ. I don't know how it is with you, but that's the way I would like to be every day I live. I would like to be that way to my family. I would like to be that way to my staff. I would like to appear that way to the church. I would like to appear that way to the world that there is the Spirit of Jesus Christ, which is gentle and kind, flowing from my life. They have enough of the other. Let them be affected by that holy presence within us coming out on the limbs of our day-by-day -day existence. Now, how do you get there? That's the big question, isn't it? It's kind of like the uh, lady whose house was on fire and she picked up the phone and in agitation, called the fire department and said, come as quickly as you can. My house is on fire. And the dispatcher on the other end of the line said, okay, okay, and tried to calm her and said, now how do we get there? And there was a little pause and she says, oh, don't you have your little red truck anymore? <laughs> I just love that. I could just see that happening, you know. <laughs> While this house is going up in smoke, 
And that's the big question tonight. How do you get there? How do you get there? <laughs> Bless her heart. I don't know the outcome. That's all I have at my disposal. So I can't help you any further. But how do you get there? Well, that's point two. And it's the only other point I have tonight. It's kind of in this sentence, the need of a daily filling. I don't know how to say it better. The need of a daily filling. Ephesians 5.18, be continually filled with the Spirit, a fresh outpouring each day produces the fruit of gentleness. Selfish rubbish often clutters up our lives. So if Christ is to be Lord in every situation we face, we must be filled every day with the same spirit he was filled with. Paul speaks of being filled with the fullness of God in Ephesians 3.19. That's another term that we ought to get into our hearts. Be filled with the fullness of God. Trees of righteousness are scrubby bushes. Something that really manifests beauty and glory are scrubby bushes that people kick and pull up and cast away. Verse 23 of Galatians 5, where we read a few moments ago, says that there is no law against these fruitful manifestations. Isn't that great? Against such there is no law. There is no quantity involved. It speaks of quality and says there's no law against any of these. In other words, you can use them as many times a day as needed, as many times a week as needed. They're always available. They're always a part of the believer's life. There's no quantity mentioned, just quality. Use them to the glory of God. No condemnation of a production of fruit that fills every basket and overflows. It's up to us to manifest it and desire to be daily filled with the Spirit so the manifestation will be natural. Romans 8.13 informs us that if you walk after the flesh, you will die. But if through the Spirit you mortify the deeds of the body, then you will live. When the tendency is to be unkind, to strike back, the Spirit of God working within says, mm -mm, that is not Jesus' way. That is not how you get there. It is to back up and drink of the fountain, be filled with the Spirit, and speak then when you know He's at work, when He's presently activated within. We could save ourselves so many headaches if we would do that. Are you receiving inner power on a daily basis? The big question of the modern-day church, are you receiving inner power on a daily basis? Or will you go from today until next Sunday on what you receive today? If you do that, I'll tell you there isn't enough. It isn't enough. There has to be a daily encounter. There has to be a daily infilling. There has to be a daily rejuvenating of the inner man.
Phillips Brooks, great preacher and author, said, do not pray for easy lives. Pray to be stronger men. Do not pray for tasks equal to your powers. Pray for powers equal to your tasks. I subscribe to that. And on a daily basis as we do that, gentleness flows out of that kind of prayer and that kind of effort, that kind of desire. There was a man by the name of Jeffrey Gilby who wrote for the London Daily Express during World War II. Jeffrey Gilby suffered a nervous breakdown. He went to the sea in order to be healed and returned somewhat better, but not totally healed. He then had a second and a third breakdown or relapse of this nervous condition that had come upon him. He did as so many of us do. He tried to explain it because of overwork. He said, I'm working too hard. I've got to cut back. I, I am under the stress of my job and of my surroundings. But Jeffrey Gilby had to admit one day that deep inside, he knew what he was saying was just nothing but empty excuses. In his darkness, he cried to God after the third breakdown and after going to the sea and after trying to explain away all of the reasons or to explain all of the reasons why he had this problem. He cried to God for help. In the night, he stretched forth a hand in faith and he touched God. Gilby made a discovery which many are slow to perceive. Breakdowns are not caused by our environment, but by something amiss within ourselves. Gilby was healed when he reached up in the night and took hold of God's hand. There came to him resources he never knew possible. There came to him new life. There came to him joy, peace, love, gentleness, kindness, long-suffering. These things now were a part of his life, and he had no, no thing in life to blame what he had suffered on, except he had nothing within during those years of nightmare. He had no inner power. He had no inner resource. He was not filled with God. He was not filled with the fullness of God. He did not know Ephesians chapter 3. He did not know that God could relate to him. And in his darkness he found out the only answer is to walk in the Spirit. And we will not fulfill the lusts or the desires or the longings of the flesh. Have you found it so? I don't know if you've ever been in New York City. These folk will be in a little while. Riding in a taxi in New York City is quite an experience. There are, it seems, a million taxi cabs. I think most of the population goes by taxi, and, and I've, I've, I don't think I've ever seen one that looks decent. I mean, they're really rough. The streets are rough in New York. I don't think they have any money to fix them. But as is so often the case, the, the drivers are so caught up with the bigness of New York and, you know, no one is a real person. You're just a figure in the day or the night moving somewhere. 
And this young woman in New York City got into a cab. The driver, noticeably unhappy with everything in life, in fact, he said to her, New York is a hell of a city to be living in. And that's not uncommon for them to talk like this. He further said everybody is at everybody else's throat. The competition is killing. It's confusion worst confounded is what he said to that young lady. The young woman didn't seem to be moved by what he said. She simply told him how she used to feel that way. Used to. He got very curious at that and asked her to tell him what she meant about used to. She said, well, I have found something inside of me that keeps me calm in troubled New York. By now, he was really curious and said, what have you got? She told him of her daily experience in reading the Bible. And she said to him, what I have decided to do every day of my life is to take the Bible and I read in a passage of Scripture each day until I find something that I can take with me for the day. And then I stop reading and I pick up there the next day and I read until I find something for that day and I take hold of it and I go out and put it to practice and the next day I start where I left off the day before and I read until I find something that will affect my life for that day. And she said to that cab driver, it has changed my life. I have something fresh every morning. And she said, I often write down the thing that God impresses upon my heart and I carry it around in my purse to refresh my mind throughout the day. And then he turned in the front seat and looked her straight in the face and said, what did God give you for today? And she said, I have it right here in my purse. And she pulled out a little piece of paper and she read this. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. He said, let me see that. He took hold of that piece of paper and held it up there while he was driving, reading it over and over from 1 Corinthians 14, 33. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. When she got to her destination, she tried to give him a tip, and he said, Lady, I cannot accept a tip. I have collected more from you today than I have collected from anyone in all of my career. That's what I'm talking about. How do you get that way? You get that way by a daily filling. There is something from the Word. There is something in prayer. There is something fresh from the throne of God for your inner man which will affect your outer conduct and it will be gentleness and kindness along with love, peace, joy, and long-suffering. It will be natural because you're now walking in the Spirit. I wish I could sit down with each of you to close this day and say, are you experiencing such a daily filling? 
I'm sure many of you would have to say pastor at times, but I can't say daily. Once in a while, oh, Sunday is super, but boy, Monday, it's the blahs. It's difficult for me to be nice. It's hard after the glory of Sunday and go out there in that black world where there's cussing and dirty stories and smoke being blown in your face and drinking and all of the carrying on and cheating that is a part of this world. My friend, those are the people that need these fruits the most. And the only way they will see them is when on a daily basis you are filled with God and the fruit of the Spirit is hanging from your life and you can be kind and gentle when they're biting and devouring one another. That's the life Jesus lived. John Bunyan told how Emmanuel had driven Diabolus out of the city of Mansoul. Diabolus preferred a petition that he might be allowed to dwell in a small part of the city. When it was refused, he presented a second petition that he might be given just a little room within the walls of the city. Emmanuel answered that he should be given no place at all, not so much as to rest the sole of his foot. That's the way you have to treat the enemy of your soul. You give him an inch and he'll take a mile. It's like the old Arab proverb of the camel who stuck his head in the window and said, this is my house. And the Arab said, no, it is my house. And then the camel put one big foot in the window and he said, this is my house. And the Arab said, no, this is my house, but did nothing about it. The next time you see the camel, he has both front feet in the house with his big head, and he says, this is my house. And he says, no, it is my house, but does nothing about it. And then before you know it, he has one of his back feet inside of the house, and the camel says, this is my house. And the Arab says, no, this is my house. And then you see the next picture, he has his whole frame in, and the camel ushering the Arab out of his house, says, This is my house, and there is no reply. Every day, the enemy of your soul wants to rob you of these blessed traits that were so common to Jesus and were so common to that early church. If you let him say, this is my house, and he's got just a part of him in, but do nothing about it, he will soon have his feet in, and then his whole body will be in, and you will be on the outside looking in, wishing you were in your house. But every day, when you wake up, you can say, God, give me something fresh today from your word, from your spirit. You know what I'm going to need today? I want to be gentle. I want to have a kind spirit. Fill me today. Fill me today with that life that makes it so easy to do those things which you have told us in your word. You see, back to Matthew 7, Jesus said it's possible to bring forth evil fruit or it's possible to bring forth good fruit, and we decide which it will be.
If we will be a corrupt tree or a good tree, if we will be filled with the Spirit or filled with self, we decide whether we're going to live in Galatians 5, 19 to 21 or Galatians 5, 22 to 25. We decide. I was with a friend just a few days ago, and we were talking about a mutual friend in the work of God. And my friend said to me, you know, he is the finest Christian I have ever known. Now, that hurt me a little bit because I thought I was, but it wasn't so. He's talking about our mutual friend, and he said, he is the finest Christian I've ever known. And when I thought about this friend, I had to ask myself, why did he say that? Because I agreed with him totally. He, he is the finest Christian I have ever known. You know what came to me? The word of my message tonight, gentleness. I have never seen him unkind in all of my life, and I've known him since I was a boy. I have known him for years and years in all kinds of situations, and I have never once seen him unkind. Dealing with all kinds of situations, he has been steady, he has always been warm. The fruit of gentleness is indeed the fruit of his life. And I said a silent prayer. Oh God, may Glencoe be the same way. Because I believe we are not here just to enjoy God as much as we do enjoy God. But we are here to affect this world through these wonderful manifestations of God who dwells within us. Will you take this challenge tonight so that sometime, somewhere, Two people will be talking about you, and one will say, Do you know that is the finest Christian I have ever known? That's how you get there. Every day, you go to the gas station for fuel. Be filled with the Spirit and gentleness will flow out of the tributary of your life. Let's bow in prayer. Hallelujah. Father, whether we're driving into the parking lot and somebody tells us to go a direction we don't want to go, or whether we're at home and our companion doesn't seem to be functioning quite the way we'd like, or our children are bugging us, or the job is getting us down. There's one thing that comes through to us tonight. You want us to manifest to the world the spirit of gentleness, the spirit of kindness, because it's a trait of God, characteristic of Christ. And it's possible for all of us through the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. We feel we need to be bathed in that spirit right now, Lord. We would like to step under the shower head of God's Holy Spirit and be drenched with the spirit of gentleness. 
of kindness. People are raising their fists everywhere. But Lord, the church moves out of the sanctuary tonight, touched by the Spirit of God with warm hearts, and they're ready to be kind and gentle with all men, and thereby produce the good fruit that you talked about in the Sermon on the Mount. Let that happen from one side of this auditorium to the other and all across the balcony where people are seated and out in television land and out on the mission field where missionaries listen and others listen. Oh, God in heaven, visit us with a special anointing of the spirit of gentleness, kindness. In Jesus' name. While our heads are bowed, you may have called it my temperament. You may have called it, it's just my way, when you sounded off and struck back and pounded your fist and stomped your foot. But in reality, my dear friend, it was a manifestation of the flesh. It was an unchristlike response. The only way that we can counter that is to be filled with the Spirit so that there flows out of our mouths and out of our lives gentleness and kindness. And I feel so compelled tonight to ask you to do something that I hope won't embarrass you. I think it will help you. If I've been speaking to you tonight and you know this is one characteristic of God that is so uncharacteristic of you and you would like it changed, I'd like you to stand up so I can pray specifically for you tonight. Whatever your age, whatever your background, I just want you on your feet to confess before God that you want to deal with this and you would like that filling of the Spirit which will bring about that kind of fruit. It is so like Jesus for us to be kind and gentle. Now, that doesn't mean a mamby-pamby. Jesus knew how to drive out the money changers when he had to, but it was a holy anger. But his life was one of gentleness and kindness, which attracted even the children to him. There was so much beauty about his walk. Thank God for these that are standing, and I just take a moment to make sure that everyone's on their feet that would like to be, and it's a goodly number, and I praise God for all of you. Hallelujah. There's a powerful spirit flowing through this auditorium. It's not a, a loud spirit, but it's a powerful spirit. I think it's digging right down inside of us where we need that digging. Corrupt trees bring forth evil fruit. Good trees bring forth good fruit. We want to be good, don't we? We want to be good. Praise God for all of you standing. I want Pastor Youngland to come to the platform. This is a man I've known for a long, long time. He's not the one I was speaking about a few moments ago, but I could have spoken about him the same way. 
I want him to pray for you tonight because I believe this man has this fruit. Perhaps like no other man I've ever worked with, he has that spirit of gentleness and kindness which I believe flows from a daily walk and a daily filling of God's Spirit. And I just think it would be fitting for Pastor Youngland to pray a prayer for all of you standing on your feet tonight. Would that be all right to let him do it? I just would like that. And God hears this man's prayers. I want you to know that. So would the rest of you now like to stand up, and if you're close to somebody that's standing, just gently put your hand on them as Pastor Youngland prays, and let us all believe that God, as he leads us, will come in his sweetness and power and baptize us with this beautiful fruit of the Spirit. Heavenly Father, We've heard what the Spirit has told us tonight. And Lord, we want to be more like you. Yes, we do. Seems like so many times we fall so short. At times we feel so unworthy of your grace and worthy of your love. And Lord Jesus, we need this fruit of the Spirit so much in our lives as we deal with people and walk among men. And Lord, I just pray tonight, some way, somehow, that you would move throughout this whole sanctuary and touch people's lives and touch people's hearts. So, Lord, I pray. And may, Lord, we pray the Spirit of God might manifest himself in our lives in the fruit of gentleness and kindness. Oh, we thank thee for the kindness of Jesus. Yes. Yes. We thank you for the gentleness of Jesus. How he put his hands upon the children and blessed them. And, Lord, Jesus, how he moved among men in kindness. Lord, I pray you'll give us that ingredient in our lives tonight, O oh Lord. And Lord, even I, I feel like in my own heart when I put myself beside Jesus, somehow I feel, Lord, that you would just touch my life anew and Hallelujah. touch my life afresh. And Hallelujah. Father, I pray you would touch all these people yes, tonight, those Lord, that are standing. Right this whole congregation, give us a fresh Ooh, baptism right of kindness, O oh Lord Jesus, I pray. And gentleness, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Stir our hearts and move upon us, O Lord, I pray. There's so much harshness, Lord. There's so much unkindness. There's so much unconsideration, O Lord. Help, Lord, the Spirit might flow through us for your glory and for your honor, O Lord, we pray. Oh, Father, touch us, O God. Yes, Jesus. Minister to us tonight, O Lord, by your Spirit, and touch us, O Lord. Renew the Spirit within us, O Father, I pray. Lord, we just pray as we go out among the workaday world, which you know many times it's so cruel and so unkind. And Lord, when people go into restaurants tonight, Lord, I pray you'll be kind to waitresses. Some of those, Lord, have had a rough day. People have been unkind to them. They've said unkind words. 
They've been so inconsiderate to them. Jesus, reach out to them. And Lord, through us, I pray a kind word will be spoken. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. As Pastor Cole said, Lord, he told his teller, you have a beautiful dress. It must be a new dress. It's not easy among the workaday world and help us to spread kindness yes, Lord. and joy and peace and love and long-suffering. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank Hallelujah. you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, I pray that we'll be different because we've come to the house of God tonight. Yes, Lord. Lord, our hearts will be touched and moved upon a change. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yes, amen. To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus. All I ask. Hallelujah. To be like him. Amen. Throughout life's journey from earth to glory. All I ask. To be like him. Yes, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise. Hallelujah. Praise Amen. just going to ask before God spoke through our brother Joe that we lift our hands in mass in this audience tonight and we begin to worship the Lord. If you have a tongue, worship him in your tongue. If you have not received one, why don't you receive one while we worship him together? You can praise him without your intellect as the Spirit praises through you and prays through you. It's part of Acts chapter 2 and 10 and 19. And there is healing in this kind of worship, and I want you to just enter right in and begin to praise him and express to him that which is due his holy name. Glory to God. Father, we lift our hands in praise and adoration. We worship you in the spirit of holiness. We thank you for a gentle spirit because it's your spirit. And we worship you in other tongues tonight as well. Hallelujah. 
to be affected by God to touch a world that is in need hallelujah 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 we will not turn to the right hand or to the left but we will look to Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith we look to you Lord for your life and your blessing your glory your release your presence your power the gentleness and the kindness of God himself to be the characteristic of our lives. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, to be like Jesus, all I ask, to be like him. To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, all I time in prayer. I feel God has done a beautiful work in our midst tonight. I'm expecting a lot of surprised people out beyond these doors because of what God has done in this place as gentleness and kindness.